0: so here's what happened As a proud member of the but why though podcast community (laughs) hey guys welcome back and i am nisha and we are so here's what happened i am joined by my lovely co-host carolyn what's up what's up and carolyn would you mind introducing our lovely guest
1: our guest today is writer Vita Ayala, and we are going to discuss Nubia and the Amazon. So, in our previous episode, we we had our discussion with writer Stephanie Williams, and but Vita is also a co-writer on the Nubian Amazon series. We're talking with them today about Volume Two, which is the fight for the throne up to mascara. So, I've read it, and by the time this comes out, it would have already come out on. Um, been released by DC Comics because I believe it was released on the 16th which was yesterday yes that's right
2: yes time so, is a flat circle though so listen,
1: it makes no sense time is relative it's pointless I don't understand it but it, I love this I I this is so volume two as I mentioned and I love both books and they're very colorful and we're going to get into all of the dynamics in the in the um comics because it, I think it does a very interesting discussion about leadership and what is leadership So we're going to get into that discussion, but before that, we'll just have Bita say a bit about their work and how they became a comic book writer because they've written for DC, Marvel, and released their own prose and comic series as well.
2: Yeah, uh, so I have been uh, officially, quote unquote, writing for comics since I think 2016. Um, I worked at a comic book shop uh, for about 10 years on and off Forbidden Planet in New York and... uh, a lot of people that write comics and draw comics right now are actually came out of that shop. So like, one of my best friends, uh, Matt Rosenberg, we were on the floor together. Tyler Boss, um, my absolute best friend in the whole world, Danny Lore, who also writes for Marvel and DC and does their own stuff. Um, so yeah, it was just a bunch of like, a bunch of us that just wanted to do it. And so we thought, well, you have to you have to learn the other side first. Like you have to know what it's like to to sell the comics in order to like sell the mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah I've written for Marvel uh DC I've written for Dynamite I did a Xena series with them and uh, and uh I think James Bond was with them as well uh yeah I just I just write stuff so that I can pay my rent um also because I love it uh it's compulsive I can't stop so I'm really glad people are paying me for it
1: <laughs> you No, know it's always great when you can
2: make money doing what you love <laughs> Yes. Um, And and I guess shout out to the DC Writers Workshop, which uh, I don't think the program is still ongoing, although they do a bunch of stuff now. There's a milestone initiative that includes writers as well as artists. Uh, they, They were really like, I applied for this workshop and they give you a crash course in how to write superhero comics specifically. I had already written like indie stuff. Um, And they basically are like, here's all the tools you'll need to write superhero comics. Now write some superhero comics. So shout out to them for that. Um, And anyone out there, any Black creatives, uh, definitely check out the Milestone Initiative. It's, you know, if you want to draw or write Milestone books, that's the way to do
0: it. Read it here. That's awesome. I like I just I love that that kind of program exists cuz I never would have thought to I never would have well cuz I'm not an artist or a writer. Like <laughs> let me correct that as a stop sign I'm not a writer. I'm not a say. fictional writer. There you go. Yet. There you go. Um but I just I never would have thought that kind of resources out there so that's just very cool to find out that's an avenue for people who are, you know, creatives in the space and maybe wondering like how to get into that that you know, that's how you got here.
2: And we need more of it. Uh, I, I think I hope that that's just the first of many right I think that we as an industry I won't be on my soapbox very long I promise but I think oh, we as an industry require awesome more
0: this, first of all that's what this show is for that's how we got Fair started enough. so you're in the perfect place here here's your box
2: go just step on it I'm very short uh yeah, I think that as an industry, we don't have a lot of centralized developmental like uh, services and, mm-hmm. and and opportunities. It's all very kind of hodgepodge because comics started as this very like DIY independent thing. It's not that anymore. It's there's a lot of corporations in comics as well as independents.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
2: think that we need uh, more opportunities for career development for industry facing stuff like conferences not conventions you know what i'm saying um ways that you can like i want to be an artist or a writer cool here's the entry level like so i'm I'm really hoping that other companies kind of follow suit because it it's an investment in the future of the company right you can't let the same two people do everything
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. no that's true that's very true it's like um Jeff Trammell he's a guest of the show and friend of the show like it's like hearing his story on how he got into writing and even like I'm just always so fascinated like when people tell us like how they got into their fields because like when he's like yeah I started off thinking about like becoming a pro wrestler and then like learned to come to find out that like his interest in pro wrestling was something that he kicked off like a conversation with the creators. Um, I think it was people involved with Craig of the Creek. Um, Like, and I'm like, y'all can listen to that episode where we had him on, but it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I just love hearing people's stories about how they got here. But like, you're you're right. It's wild, wild, but it's also like, you're right. There's just not enough resources or people don't know the resources. Cause when he told us about like um, Nickelodeon has a, has a program. Yes, they do. For writing.
2: And it's like, yeah, I feel like comics is like, it. I it, <laughs> say this as an aging millennial, it's like that <laughs> aging millennial still thinks they're like the, like, yeah, we're young and edgy. And it's like, no, you're established. You have to like do things in like a way that makes sense. Cause like, you know, right. there's, everyone always asks like, how do you get into it? And it's just like, well, I did it this way but who knows if that's still viable, right? Like I worked at a comic book shop. I had friends who were getting into comics first and they literally held my little hand, my little paw, and they brought me around and introduced me to everyone they knew. And then I started knowing people. And then, like, in a bathroom at San Diego Comic-Con, there's a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, that's a that's a haven at a convention, especially at the bar. It's just like I don't mm. want to deal with men anymore when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and there's no non-binary options, but they, they should all not, they should just be like a, like a, like a toilet and a trough one. Like, just do that. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, you're in there and it's just like, just like people looking like, like young women looking at each other. Like it's, it's, it's rough out there. And that's how I networked. Right. guy like I was in the bathroom and I made a joke and, and Sarah Miller, who's a, an assistant editor, um, she was at, at DC, she's higher up now was like, you're funny. <laughs> we became friends. And she told me about the the program. So I was like,
0: oh. Oh, that's cool. so awesome. <laughs> like,
2: I'm like, no, just like I want people, yeah, I want it to be like every company should just have that. This is their pin tweet. This is, you, this is how you work for this company. yeah
1: Yeah, no I agree I and like Nisha said that we like knowing how people got involved in their fields because I think it's important that for others who want who are aspiring to be in the fields understand that everyone doesn't have the exact same path like the past no one's path is linear and then there's a and also because there is a lot of gatekeeping in the entertainment especially in the nerd field in particular there's so much gatekeeping a lot of people especially a lot of young black people are turned off or are, are discouraged or intimidated by that so I think it's important that we do talk about the different ways that people do become involved and because it, it does take years it takes a lot of um it takes oh, a lot yes. of perseverance and a lot of will and, it, and like we were talking about this on Twitter recently so I would say just get up and do the thing I'm like it's not that easy to get up and do the thing when you're black a person from a marginalized community
2: disabled mm-hmm.
1: you know like are roadblocks but then
2: and also like, we do like, it's not like Black people aren't doing it. You Like, telling exactly. someone that's already hustling, like, well, you just have to grind harder. And it's like, that's not, that's how you smooth a gear. Like, you don't want to born.
1: Like, we're, we're born grinding, we're Black. Like, this issue is yeah, not like, easy. It's,
2: it's, right. it's like, that, that's, there's, the will is not the problem here. Like, mm-hmm. we we know how to get things done. It's just, there's no clear path. That's why I like talking about resources as much as I can. I feel like mm-hmm. comics is both incredibly accessible and also very hard to get into as a medium. It's really easy is the wrong word, but it is, uh, the path to just making a comic is like, you have paper and pen and you just -hmm. just do it, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But then getting it out there and getting yourself out there is the hard part. So anytime I hear of a resource, I'm like, uh, did you guys know about this? Like um, Mm -hmm. Women in Comics uh, International Collective, which is co-run by uh, Regine Sawyer, who's incredible. She's a long list for Regine Sawyer, a writer, editor, Uh, publisher she has her own publisher lock it down productions um as well as running this organization Mm -hmm. basically what they do is they any you know women and basically non-cis men actually Mm -hmm. who want to get into comics they have a bunch of resources and they kind of are are that step that like okay we have connections let's see how we can do that so they put on workshops they do uh they always have tables at conventions that members can just come to you can put your stuff on the table and be -hmm. at san diego or whatever they uh they have a convention every year uh you know somewhere in new york city so you know they i think scott snyder uh former batman writer current writer of a million things uh he he he's a very big fan of theirs so like he's supporting them in any way he's he can and he's doing a comics class and i know that they you know there's some connection there so like I, anytime i can throw resources at people i'm like i want you to take my job that's what I want you to do. there's there's room that's the thing like mm-hmm they like to you know like scarcity is, the scarcity is false there's only one person at a time that can write a specific title but there's so much room for so many stories so absolutely there's there's, there's
1: so many different stories to be told that like, even like using um like we're talking about comics using comics as an example in like dc and marvel like you have one property for instance we're talking about um nubia and the amazon so that's dc and in D.C. and you have the Nubia storyline and like now we're finally getting to know about Nubia more in depth and that's mm-hmm. because there, there was always room to go into the story, but no one apart, like before you and Stephanie really that from what we know, had the opportunity to go as in-depth as they could have with the story of Nubia because so much attention is being paid to people like Superman and, you know, and like Batman and Joker and all of these other more well-known um, characters. Like, there's all of these sub-characters that we, that we, we been all, we could, that they could develop. And there's, like, and untold number of people who could develop these stories, who could give more voice to these characters—they're just there waiting for the access again and opportunities to do it. So, like if, as I said, like talking about programs that can get people into into the spaces they need to to um to meet to to meet people who can help them develop these stories and to give more voice. Because like like we talked earlier before we started about the pandemic, like when like people are home now, like they're they need more more ways to this kind of disassociate and disconnect from reality. And how do you do yeah. that? Entertainment media, watching TV shows, watching movies, reading comics. This is how people are able to take their minds off of what's happening. So like companies need to develop younger talent and develop more people from marginalized communities because they can give so much more in depth to the stories than what we've seen previously from white men. Keep it Yeah, tight. and
2: it's, it's also just like, so uh, I was on a panel a long time ago at New York Comic Con, not a long time ago. Time is, I don't know, when. It was, so, uh, was it 2019 <laughs> was it was it a million years ago uh and it was a comic comic panel run by i think comics experience and the guy Andy was up he was talking about the breakdown of like actual audience for comics and he was like less than 30 percent are cishet white christian men so you got like over 70 percent why are you leaving that money on the table like and mm-hmm. it's like there's a difference. I, I think that like, again, the mentality is like, we have to do one thing that catches the most people. And it's like, I think that diversifying your, as the wu Clan in that one sketch would say diversifying your bonds, right? Like that you're going to, you're going to catch more fish with more nets. <laughs> like, it just makes more sense. Um, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's being kind. Right. But also like, yeah, like, I just want to hear other people's stories. I would really like, you know, I would really like to hear as many different stories as I can because I'm a person who loves story. That's why I read comics and watch TV and all that kind of stuff. Like, and and I, I this is again on a soapbox, so I'll stop. But like, I really take umbrage to this, like this attitude that very few people have, but they shout about, which is like, oh, like there's no way like certain kinds of populations will, will empathize and identify with other people right like why why would white men want to hear about black women right and it's just like why would it what you're are you you're saying what you're saying there right is that white like I'm not saying this what mm-hmm. you say when you're saying that white men are not capable of caring about black women is saying that they lack empathy you were saying that about yourself that's you really mm-hmm. want to say that about yourself I don't mm-hmm. I, and I don't I don't subscribe to that like really. I don't yeah. think that's true because right. it's clearly not true uh how how much money did black panther like how many right. people watched squid game how many, you know all these things and it's just like no you've decided as a mission statement that you can only do one thing but you are depriving even the people you say you serve right mm-hmm. so like d- don't i'm can i curse i know i've listened to like a million of these but like i always ask oh yeah you're <laughs> i've fine. listened to like five episodes like over the last week all right, uh, <laughs> It's that's just bullshit like it's mm-hmm. just bullshit and and you know like I don't think the white cishet straight men like they don't need defending but like also like a little bit I'm like how like that's messed up that you're gonna say that like that's mm-hmm. not true that's zero percent true like right it doesn't No,
0: and I think um just like because in my professional career I like I work in marketing communications and it's one of those when I've been like I talk about this when i um in my job and when I consult with people and it's like one of those things where people are like yeah people like to see themselves reflected in the material that they're seeing I'm like That's true to an extent where it's just like, yes, but at the same time, when you're only showing people the same images over and over and over again, it starts to, you know, tell a different story.
2: It also blends together.
0: Right. It doesn't stand out. It doesn't get, it doesn't capture what you're trying to like capture. If you want to show that this place is diverse or that, that this place is like comprehensive and serves all people and you're just so focused on one group of what those people look like. Like to your point, like when it comes to storytelling. Yeah. Like the idea of saying that, like, cishet white men only want to see cishet white men that's like you have no faith in viewers to like think that they want to go and view anything else it's it's a big I think it's a bigger stretch that people make now yes it Um, didn't used
2: to be that way right like I feel like well I mean there's always been friction uh clearly but like I think mm -hmm. about it's almost like we we were at like a valley point right like I remember all of the entertainment that was coming out in the 90s and stuff and there was a lot more different kinds of people and there was no it was just this yeah. person just is this and like and then we just something happened I don't know what happened I'm not a people theorize
0: idiot. it was 9-11 happened and then that's when we got a lot more blue-collar you know, white patriotic country? and uh, white-centered media because like when you track it you're right because I'm you we all remember like you know the boom of like you know black comedies black romances and a yeah. lot of like you a know, bunch of Chinese color.
2: and Korean stuff too like mm-hmm, just in America yep. like it wasn't even like international
0: and
1: you're just like what, what and then <laughs> yeah so, I'm not now that you say that, if you track back to film to when the Avengers MCUs first started, I would say that actually kind of started the trend because a lot of studios took their cues from um, Disney and Marvel and started to produce more
2: white centered heroic action films and like it's 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 a bummer because I listen I love I love me some action listen I'll watch Predator and Rocky and all that stuff any day I love that like don't get me wrong but I also like Police Story and like you know like all these other things like uh, it just anyway
1: but you know me I
2: love me my Asian and my
1: international cinema so it's just like mm -hmm. Hollywood I think I think the problem Hollywood like like you're talking about that man that said that and I'm like, you know what, that actually does make sense that a white man would say that because mm-hmm. they because their thinking is so myopic, their thinking is so visually centered on what they want, they, do, they don't consider that anyone else matters. So for them to say that, oh, a white white male audiences won't care about a story about black women, I'm like, yeah, that kind of that's, trash, that's, is
2: America is hella racist
1: and oh, misogynistic
2: so it's like, like it, it's one of those things where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy right where it's just mm-hmm. like, no this is only the only thing that will have will people will care about and so you treat people that way and then they're like i guess this is all i have and this is all i care about and change either direction is hard right so but you have to break away from that and we see that right we see a lot of of different kinds of stories kind of being able to break through and it's like hey there's something to this um and it's it's partially the oh, this is very different from everything else, but also it's like, hey, the value in in having, you know, a variety of stories is that all stories become more interesting. So it's yes. like, listen, no one can replace those things that we've had, like the the white straight guy thing. Nor nor should, I like a lot of that stuff. I just do because it was mm-hmm. there. But also, like, I, I think matter. that gets more interesting when it's not the only thing. And you go, hey, I actually want to go back and watch. Conan <laughs> right <laughs> whatever right I I love <laughs> like,
0: uh, no but man I feel like we've had a whole episode know, I'm, I'm just like no 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 no, oh, no. Hey, I feel like I, I feel I'm like I just want to have you back we're okay first of all I'm just gonna say it right now we have an open door policy we will have you back because I feel like this could go into a deeper conversation because <laughs> I, I love I love the all podcast so <laughs> Anytime. Great. Glad to hear. Um, But no, because I, I think there's so much more to be said and we will happily let you sit on, ha- stand on your soapbox and like talk more about this with us. Because it's again, like we said, like the show was started because Carolyn and I felt like as women, as Black women and in the entertainment space and as critics that we, there was just not as many opportunities. And we're just yes. like, well, we could just start our own podcast mm-hmm. and we could do this and then that has led to various opportunities for both of us to be into this space and we hope that other people we've heard like from other people that like oh your podcast is like it it, it showed me your reviews and then that led me to finding these things so it's like yes. I love when the, it, it all feels very synergetic when it all comes together <laughs> so rising tide you know it, it lifts all ships yes and, and that's
2: true too like I I you know I've been listening to your podcast for a little bit, but I, I refreshed this week. I always do that when I go on a podcast. I'm like, all right, I got to like listen to the greatest hits. Um, and I'm like, I don't always agree with what you say, but it's so well thought out and so interesting that it's like, oh, I don't have to agree. I just I like that conversation. Right. right. Like and and I know that you go back and forth with each other, too. <laughs> um, but that's great. Oh, another right? the time funny.
0: travel episode. I feel like that, was- <laughs> <laughs> that
2: one always gets me. <laughs> But that's so great, right? Like, that's what makes it interesting. And and you're right. They're, they're, we're always told as Black non-cis dudes to go make our own opportunities. And it's like, you try, but you have to have people support that. And so I love like mm-hmm. the fact that you're able to keep doing it and you have all these guests and all this kind of stuff. Like, clearly your voices were needed and that can segue into Nubia because... <laughs>
0: Uh, make you a host at this point you're you're great no
2: No, i I, I talk too much i'm nervous and i talk more when i'm nervous um so uh first of all uh shout out to uh the editor on nubia britney britney's incredible um britney is a champion for all that stuff britney like god bless her she is just behind the scenes like if you could just imagine like a control room with someone with 75 Mm. hands just desperately trying to like (laughs) like make everything wrong like that's her Mm. uh she 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 needs a vacation but um she had she had contacted me about the idea for a newbie book and, and hearing my um my thoughts on it because uh, we had worked together on multiple things uh, and some of them were like, we were, it was in the trenches. like <laughs> So we would just text each other like, we can do it. Like we're gonna be okay. Um, and she's, she's the Wonder Woman, like she is the contact point in, in the Wonder Woman mm-hmm. office. Um, and, uh, and she's like, I have an agenda and that's to make the Wonder Woman office, all of the characters elevated and as important, mm-hmm. right? Like Wonder Woman as an office is part of the quote unquote Trinity, right? So we Mm -hmm. should have more of the things there. And I was like, yes, 100%. Uh, I love your agenda. It's it's wonderful. Um, And she had talked to me. uh, She was like, what do you think about a Nubia book? What's your take? And I was like, I would love to be involved, but I should not write this book. A Black woman should write this book. (laughs) I have had many experiences in my life in which I have been treated as a Black woman, uh, but I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. um and and you know and i think that like and Brittany was immediately like yes you're right 100 um and i was like hey take a chance <laughs> on this person who is incredibly intelligent and has done stuff already just not in this in this particular arena mm-hmm. um and I, I i you know i slipped I do this all the time when I can. I, I slip people's work to editors when I can. That's I slipped good. her uh, Living Heroes, and she was like, This is the funniest thing I've ever read. Yes. <laughs> like, this is oh, so good. Is our uh, favorite. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, so good. good. Ugh, so good. Uh, and she was like, Yeah, um, I would love to have you involved, but I really love to work with this writer. Like, she's so good. She's got a great voice. Um, and so uh, I was like, Steph, do you want to do this? Technically, I am a co writer, but really, I'm just, it's like I'm a, It's like more of like if I'm a consultant, I'm like, I know how the, I know what they want, Mm. and I'll translate stuff. Um, Right. You know, like, I don't think Steph really needs me, but it's been really nice (laughs) to work with Steph. Um, But yeah, so I I was like, again, like, how can we be inference points to other people who actually should be telling these stories and having that support from editorial where this is like a, you know, I don't talk about this very often because we're supposed to like pretend that everything, like, you know, is always as it should be, and all that stuff. But like taking a chance on someone like Steph, who had not had published work through anyone else but her mm-hmm. own in comics, specifically in superhero comics, specifically, it's a that's a huge mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. It shouldn't be, <laughs> but because there's no entry level points, right? Like it's they have anthologies that they do to kind of test people out, but like you know, to to go, I'm going to give you one of the three major books in mm-hmm. this office to someone new is huge, right? Especially mm-hmm. someone who hadn't written superhero proper comics, right? Like, so I, I was like, uh, you know, Brittany took a, a chance, I knew Steph was up to it, but Brittany took a chance not knowing this person. Um, and so I was like, I'll stick around, <laughs> you know, to, mm-hmm. to make sure that like this, the nitty gritty stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like Steph has a consultant all the time right so we did story beats together and uh we do page by pages together Steph is doing it all at this point um the real hard thing is always the first issue that's always a it's a nightmare everyone smiles for the camera but you're just crying inside because you've rewritten this thing like five times and like you have to give all these notes and so um that was really where I was needed at this point I'm just here to go I'm so proud of you good job Mm -hmm. um I don't know where I was going with this except that we need more Black women. <laughs> we no. need more. We need more. And, and, and that Seth also, Nubia being a Black woman, mm-hmm. I thought it was really important that a Black woman write the book um, mm-hmm. and having Alisa draw the book. Well, that was just Destiny. I was like, I, I had flat out turned it down at first. And then Brittany was like, but Alisa. And I was like, oh, she's perfect.
1: <laughs> Her art is amazing. It is um, awesome.
2: Unbelievable. You know, she has like three, three comics that she does at once. Plus she uh, teaches at SBA like this. I don't know. I don't know. She has the
0: energy to teach.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) and she has like a teenage son who is actually an angel to be fair, but like, you know, yeah, that takes work, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Raising kids. like that. So hearing that, like you had a black queer woman, right. Writing Nubia. I needed, I needed, I needed to manifest that. I needed that to happen. And Mm. then having you know an you know afro-hispanic woman drawing nubia um and blessing us with that hair every oh, oh yeah. it's my
0: favorite it's literally my, my favorite she puts thing.
2: A, a couple of little white curls in there and i'm just like perfection like i can't this is what we deserve <laughs> that did you see the number i think it's number three cover with the with the medusa yeah you did you talked about it that's right yeah
1: yeah i've yeah. seen oh. um because i think steph put it up on she put it on Twitter I mm-hmm. i was Good just part. like like, Nisha and I we talk about her hair a lot because it's like, I just love when black hair is drawn properly. You know, like, I, we will always remember that Seth started out talking about Missy Nights. Yes. The I bayang. Like- yes. That bayang. little slick
0: bang. Oh my
2: God.
0: <laughs> now you gotta say <laughs> oh. the bayang.
2: The bayang, yang. gotta seven of them. Right.
1: Just
2: a swoop.
0: The it's wonder she did not the have hair and the
1: afro in the back don't make no sense. No black woman is walking around her hair like that. But like but the yeah. attention to detail that you that you all put into these comics is amazing. And it's not only in the hair, I think it's also in the, the outfits. Cause like reading the mm-hmm. reading the, the comics, looking at the dialogue and how it matches what they're actually wearing and then the and then the dialogue itself um like we're going to get into this cuz i'm a nerd I, I always pay attention to like really small details because i there's a scene in the comic that i want to talk about um and i was like i'm like is this inspired like... by picapsalak and i was like aha and so like but yeah but the attention to detail that you guys put into the into the story into even just the starting from the cover art like when Steph posted that image of the of the of the of, the, of volume 2's cover i was like i hope dc creates a, a giant poster oh, with all these covers because i oh, want to love it. it i love
0: it
2: yeah i wish
0: it's I just wish. and it's just like like adding into like the details and the hair because like me being like you know the anime nerd of the of our podcast <laughs> carolyn has heard me go like at certain anime at nausea Oof. when i will like rant when i and it's it's usually when it's like you know specifically when it comes to black or people of color being animated in anime my biggest pet peeve comes down to like skin tones <laughs> or like you know because nobody seems to be able to master like how the inside of our palms are lighter and then like the other side of our hands are darker but then like they also make it look like we have paws like we're animals i when know they,
2: there's no they blender. try no which fact.
0: is like there's a gradient there and it it, it it just it's one of those things that is that is a pet peeve and then there's other like there's all these other little features that like I immediately hone in on and it's just like all those little features and things that like I don't have to worry about with Nubia <laughs> sure.
2: I was I was told once by somebody it's like well they do that to white people too we yeah. have different color palms and I was like it's not the same like I, the I, same. I see what you're saying but like it's not, it's not the
0: same. It's not the same. Cause like, it's definitely not the same. It's, I mean, and it's, it's just like, you know, like some people like will talk, like will come at me online and have said like, oh, you're just being picky. I'm like, no, there's having standards. And That's I right. appreciate, and I, and I appreciate when we have artists and creatives who are delivering standards, especially when it comes to like black hair and skin tones and features, because, you know, we've, as we said, there's Misty Night. And then there are, have been like other, atrocities that have been done where you know like hair doesn't even make sense or it's all just like the same afro drawn different with a different face and it's like it's just like the same features but like you know they added boobs here and they didn't have (laughs) boobs there and they just like we don't know who that person is but their hair is like it's it's a mess so it's just it's nice when I when we come across projects like these where like you see every detail like you get you get to really enjoy every piece of it um, and, like, like, Carolyn, just to add, like, I do love that the clothes match, like, the person, mm-hmm. like, their role, like, you know, the warriors are in armor, the, like, the warriors are armor, the scholars are in robes, like, it's it's little things like Alisa. that, that, you
2: know. Alisa's a genius, and it's one genius. of those things, like, I just can't, the fact that she does things, like, change the character's hair, like, not just Nubia, but, like, other characters, mm-hmm. like, they just, they change their hair, I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> That seems so that's such a it seems like an insignificant detail, but those kinds of details allow you to really immerse yourself in something that's so we it's weird, right? There's a book about these women on a island somewhere, some magic island. Like they're mm-hmm. what that's weird. I love it, but it's so weird. And so like to have them feel more human makes it a lot easier to kind of immerse yourself in the story. Um, mm-hmm. I I could go on all day about both Aletha's work and and also too, um you said you were going to talk about dialogue, but like Steph's dialogue is so good, it's so
1: good. It she's is. so
2: good. She's so when she does jokes, I I literally laugh out loud. Like, just like
1: <laughs> I do too. I'm um, like, what I I, I and I'm hoping that this is some a trend for the bus because I'm I'm realizing that in the dialogue in the from in volume two is slightly different to volume one because it depends on who's speaking. So yes, like this yes. one is focused more on Nubia and she's talking more. Like she has the scenes where she's talking to the goddesses and then she's talking to um
0: oh, and Ant- yeah
1: Anteope talk because she, she's like she's like I want you to be my um my basically my my successor to guardian the, the door oh, yes yes, yes and exactly. so like the the, the the dialogue in this one is more to me more political yes. and it is structured mm-hmm. more like a, a dialogue between like a, a general and her and her um soldiers and you know so I kind of like how the dialogue is different Depending on the main story being told in the volume, so can you just talk a bit about that? About the yeah, like from yeah. your perspective, not only working in this story but
2: also as a writer in general. I think it it's really important to. You'll have a core idea of a character's voice that you mm-hmm. you know that you're just like these are the, the kind of cadences that they use, but when you talk to different people, you speak differently, right? The way mm-hmm. that you may talk to a parent is different than the way you will talk to a coworker the boss, your boss, someone at a bar, like all these kind of things. And so it's, it's, if you can, right. If you have the headspace for it, you, you really should think about the relationships between the people talking. So for example, Nubia is so playful with both IO, um, the blacksmith and, and Philippus, right. Her, her counsel, um, those beautiful dreads, um, you know, like she's, they quit back and forth and, you know, they tease each other, but she doesn't speak that way when she's speaking to both her subjects, because she's our queen, right? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and, and also to, uh, I don't think we get to it in this book, but she addresses, uh, you know, a, a political body of, of Amazons at one point. It's like the way that she speaks to them is very formal. Um, mm-hmm. And not all characters are gonna be like that, right? So like the new Amazons, a lot of them are very loose. <laughs> their speech, yeah. they speak a lot more like we would right? Um, when they're addressing Nupia or someone of stature though, they tend to speak a little more formally because, oh, is it called? Um, I think it's deference. called like, yeah, and deference, but also like mirroring, right? So when you're in conversation okay. with someone, you tend to try and equalize, like, you know, kind of move in the way they move a little more and, and speak how they speak. And it's not like conscious, right? Like this is a, this is a thing that happens with human beings. You kind of try and meet each other on the same level. And so I think that, in this in particular, uh, you know, Nubia in particular, Steph has done a really good job of kind of thinking about all of the relationships between people, friends, uh, you know, superiors and, and, and subjects and all that kind of stuff and trying to use the language to give clues to the reader about how, like, how this society works, yeah. right? So there's no, like, everyone here can use a sword. There's no cops. There's no, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't run the way that even the rest of the DC Universe societies run, right? It's very singular. Um, but it works, right? And why does it work? Well, they, there seems to be this this kind of interplay between these women, this understanding, this tacit kind of understanding a social contract. Um, and language, I think is a huge part of that. In general, I, I try and think of that as much as I can when I'm writing. Sometimes it's difficult. you're just like, I don't I don't know <laughs> like how would these people, But you know, I tend to think about how like, in new mutants for example i tend to think about how people that have are really close to each other and have known each other for we're not supposed to say decades right but for a long time mm-hmm. <laughs> we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of new mutants oh. next year and oh, we're still gosh. pretending not, that they're in you're their. you're not really new you guys have been here for a while they should be my 20. age i mean they're older they should be older but like you know what i mean like, but anyway they're in their 20s <laughs> yeah (laughs) but like you know they they've known each other since their adolescence so how they speak to each other versus how they speak to this newer generation of kids it's just like well how you know if you have nieces and nephews or children or whatever how do you speak to these younger people like you don't talk to them like you understand they're people Mm -hmm. but it's like you don't it's so different that you have to figure out um how to impart what you have to impart without like you can't meet a kid at their level like you can and you should respect them but like Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to speak to a five-year-old like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's kind of
1: patronizing. Even even exactly. to kids, kids would pick up, he keeps like, you know, why are you, you're a big
2: adult. Why are you talking to me like I'm, a, like I'm stupid? Like, exactly. Kids, right? That's You hit it on the head. And so I try and think about that when I'm writing things like, okay, what does this situation need in terms of dialogue? And what do the characters' relationships dictate? Um, and sometimes it's fun because the two things will be at odds with each other. So you get you get some really interesting stuff. That like, for example, this is a bad example because I, I haven't wrote it here. I've written it in a place that no one will ever see. But there's a there's something that I wrote where you had two characters who were uh, officers of the law, and you know they usually are jokey with each other. And one of yeah. them is very like you have always the jokey one and the straight man, right? Like you always do the um, and they have that relationship, and then something bad happens, and and one of them, um, they're both bilingual, and one of them slips into another language where usually they wouldn't do that, but because of the situation, like I don't know if you speak other languages, but sometimes when you're under stress or like something, you slip into that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think about that when I'm writing comics too, because I'm like, well, people have whole histories, right? So how does that, you know, um, it's it's complicated in comics because people like to per- like. They're like well, oh, why would this person say this like this like, i don't know what what would you do in that situation yeah. Like, you always calm and collected like, I don't- yeah <laughs> it,
1: makes, it makes sense because like for me like i speak like no i'm not really using my dialect but like when i'm home and i'm talking to my sister and i'm or I taught talk, i'm talking to other west indians in person like i do slip into my dialect i do i do sleep into my accent and like when I when I, I don't work there anymore, we had a pandemic and all. But when I worked out of school, I was I was a lunch supervisor and I took care of the kindergartners. And I would speak, I call it I know I love my babies. But, but I would speak without my accent, like the way I'm speaking, you know, so that they can understand me because the majority of them um are first generation Chinese. So like their first language is Chinese and they're not learning English. So if I speak with my dialect. They're not gonna understand me because it's heavy, and then, like, the way I structure my words is different. But then, if something, if they do something, I'd be like, Whatever you guys do, I slip into my bed. <laughs> and it would always take them by surprise because they'd be like, Teacher what is how why are you talking like that and I'd be like and I'm going to a whole explanation of where I'm from I'm like Barbados and there's an island they're like what is an island so I'm like it's a piece of land in the ocean what is the ocean I'm like okay this is not geography lesson (laughs) (laughs) no legit I would go and do like a whole social studies and geography lesson for these kids but like they do pick up on these things and like when you're when you when you when you're uh, uh, you speak two different languages or you have two different accents or dialects um, if you're like from the Caribbean or whatever, like when you're in a sp- specific situation, your mind is going to automatically go back to what's the most comfortable for you. What is your first instinct? And my first instinct is to talk in my dialect and to talk with my accent. Because I, I trained, I had to train myself to speak without my accent. It's just not natural to me, right? So like, yeah, so someone asking why would someone do that? I'm like, clearly you need to speak. You need to hang around with more people who are not American and who speak
2: with different accents and dialects. Uh, you have to be worthy of being trusted or, with people's accents, right? So, like, Spanish was my first language. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I went to school, and that was, that did not rock here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I stopped speaking Spanish. I actually have the vocabulary of a child, right? Because I stopped as a child because it was so, like, the way that people treated me was so rugged. And um, I don't have an accent anymore. I used to have a Ricky Ricardo accent. That's what they used to call me. <laughs> oh, I don't like Ricky <laughs> that was Cuban, but like, <laughs> in a photograph, but. But, you know, like, it, it, I find it interesting, too, because I, I think Daniel Jose Older posted about this. He did a video um, where he's talking about how when you use multiple languages in something, um, you have to treat all of the languages as equal. You can't really pick one out and be like, this one's weird. So do something to show that it's weird, right? And so his thing is like, in a lot of, in a lot of uh, prose, if you have like Spanglish being spoken, uh, the Spanish will be in italics and the English won't. And it's just yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. that's weird. You're, po- you're making it weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't do that, then people will read it and then go, I've learned something new. Like they just, they accept it, right? You're just like, cool. All right. That's a new word, new word in the bank. But if you point out that it's strange or different, strange, it's not strange, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That it's other, then suddenly it becomes even more other. Um, and so that's something that I think about in, in my writing as well. Um, not, uh, I write prose as well. Um, so in my prose, but also in comics, like, I, I think about how I want to structure sentences, right? Like, sometimes the way that I think uh, my sentences are structured in a way that is not the usual for mm. American people. Um, part of that is is that I, am you know, that I started with another language, but also I'm, I'm not neurotypical, right? So like, my brain just does all of this stuff with words and I have to be like, okay, I can use that in my work. <laughs>
1: Like yeah no, for, for mm-hmm. sure I totally relate because I like, am neurodivergent too because I have like cognitive impairment and I'm also dyslexic so like the way and oh, and also being Beijing, like Beijing's we structure our when we're speaking in that our English is not grammatically correct English like you know or we would say proper English like so the way so even when I'm writing tweets sometimes I do phrase my tweets differently because I'm phrasing it from the way how I was speaking my dialect and like when I when I do tweets in like I sometimes, I've started doing it more often because I'm like I'm not ashamed of my dialect or my yeah I
2: was gonna say things.
1: I've started doing tweets more often in my dialect and like the phrasing and the structure is completely different and then being um having cognitive impairment and dyslexia on top of that is kind of does like the way I see phrases and words is completely different and I'd have to be like wait what am I doing? And even when I write pieces and I'm sending it to my editors, I always explain to my editors, I'm like, I'm dyslexic and I have cognitive impairment. So I'm, like, so I'm like, if a sentence doesn't make sense to you grammatically, it's please know that it's not because I'm not being careless in my writing. It's just that my my brain sees it differently, and I don't automatically pick up that something okay, is
2: wild. you know what you meant. So when you read it back, you're like, yep, that's right. <laughs>
1: it makes sense to me, but it might not make sense to you, right? So yeah, so I totally get that.
2: It's, it's uh, one of the things that I found um, was that for a while I was writing dialogue, much more formal than I should write dialogue, a lot less contractions. And like, like I was really concentrating on getting like these formal sentences that make sense. Um, and then actually an editor was like, why are you like, why is it so like, why do you do that? Like, it's not bad, but why do you do that? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I didn't realize I was doing it. I'm overcompensating for the fact yeah. that I have like, you know, executive dysfunctions and also think in multiple languages (laughs) like oh wait that's okay oh oh, cool (laughs) but that's why I love comics right like I can't this is this is a weakness of mine Um, I have a lot of trouble reading I'm not a good reader I love to read (laughs) I read a lot (laughs) Um, but I didn't learn how to read until a little later um, and I never had like I just did not have all of those like be it out this that and the other thing mm-hmm. I don't know any of the rules at all um so it's really hard for me to read dialects of any kind doesn't any vernaculars um and also uh when you like chop off letters and stuff like which I speak like that but like <laughs> mm-hmm. um and so what I, I started to like what makes it easier for me is reading comics where people write in either their own dialect or they're doing kind of research so the you know, to make more authentic uh, dialogue for characters from different countries and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this actually like, they're just doing it because it feels more right. But this is, I'm learning something. (laughs) Like, that's why I I love comics. Like you learn from reading them and they're a complicated language. I was talking Mm -hmm. to somebody about this, but like, I, I, you know, uh, a former girlfriend of mine had not read comics like ever. And so I got her a comic. I got her uh, uh, the first one, was Strangers in Paradise. And she was like, I don't know how to read this (laughs) like oh yeah that's like an intermediate level to difficult level comic to read mm-hmm. if you don't understand comic language that that makes sense like
1: yeah, yeah like the thought bubbles like the structure for the thought bubbles like how you have to learn to read like one, if this bubble is is mm-hmm. an interruption in the person's speech exactly
2: uh, and also mm-hmm. just how do which pan she didn't even understand how to read the panels right like where which one do I look at first and I was mm-hmm. like Oh, so anytime anyone says that reading comics is not real reading, I'm like, it's harder. It <laughs> is, it is
0: much harder. Like comics, manga, like, like it's- Oh it's yeah, the, the w- switch back
2: and forth is, is but it's yeah. good, it makes you, it, I think it, like reading comics, if you are able to visually uh, engage with media, right? Um, it helps you become, I think, a, a more careful observer of things um mm-hmm. because there are so many details in manga and, and, and comics um they're all comics but you know what i mean
0: yeah no and i think that's like a thing that i love about nubia like i know we've talked about like the language and the dialogue but i, I think like how you all have structured it like the thought bubbles like it's like one of those things of like yeah no you need to pay attention to like like for example when they go to the um I'm, I'm not gonna say the location because I don't want to give too many details away to the to like readers. So I'll try to be I'll try to be as vague as possible. When they when they went to the you know the arena to fight uh, the fighting arena, um, <laughs> they like you you need to like look and pay attention to like where those thought bubbles are coming from because there's it's not some things are not just being said by a random person like you know how some comics will like illustrate just like a faceless character to say something random um and and that's that's fine that's a thing but then like there's times when like that's not the case and you're just like oh wait that's okay there's a reason why that person said that and that there's a reason why this panel was structured this way so it's just like I think it it's a credit to how you all tell the story also just like even like I don't. I just need people to read it. Like, I I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, to talk I, I it. don't want to like spoil spoil it, but like, there's my one of my favorite parts. Like talking about like the dialogue, like the multiple bubble bubble um, speech bubbles. It's like there's a flashback going on, and oh, then there's yes. a current scene going on, and then like you know that for me is still very interesting because like you have like basically two timelines happening, two like two separate events happening. And, like, they're being told, like, at the same time. But it's like, you know, it gives you such great detail into those two characters' past lives.
2: And, and two, so, I mean, there are pages and spreads in this that are more or less difficult to to decipher. And it's not, like, it's not sloppy. Alisa is a genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she knows what she's doing. Um, but there, one of the things that I was told, very early on, which I was like, oh, that's that's true, is that in every issue you should have. Preferably, you know, two pages, like a double page spread or something like that, that really stand out, whether it be they're a little more complex to read or you do something really wild with the layout and the colors and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you should really have something that people will finish the issue and they go, I want to take another look at that. Like, I really want to see this again. I want to take this in again. And for me, um that was this page that was that spread again we won't go too much into detail so we don't spoil it but i you know Mm -hmm. uh when when steph and i were writing it um i was like this is really cool like i think this will be something that like i think this is it right um and i think that if i'm remembering it right like steph put something in the in the script where she was like this is like go nuts right like (laughs) just really you know your thing on these pages and then mm-hmm. when I actually saw it I was like oh this this exceeds my wildest dreams for this right like I was like I had a cool image in my head but this is something so layered and so complex that mm-hmm. when you first read it you're like this is cool and then you read it again you're like whoa there's there's so much detail that I missed the first time I'm a very yes. big like I want people to reread things I love when people read through something and then they get to the end. They're like, "I gotta read this again because I know there's yes. stuff I missed." In there. that's I'm exactly
0: like- what I did because I like I couldn't wait for my comic book shop to like to like get mine in stock. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna spend the three ninety nine and go ahead and get digital too. So like, why not? <laughs> but like, I had it on my iPad and I was like reading it, like swiping it, and I was like, hold on, <laughs> and then looked at the full spread. I was like, oh, I see what y'all did there because it is definitely that moment for me in that and in, in this value, um, in this in this comic where like i stopped and i went back and i was just like let me look at it with a full spread <laughs> y'all did it mission accomplished
2: that's a goal. goal for every and that's every single issue right you want to have some image i think there are quite a few oh yeah issue um Aletha is unreal but conceptually that page that double page spread was something that steph and i were really like this is this is where we hang our hats on this particular spread um Mm. and I'm hoping to see I don't want to spoil it either right but I want to give a little behind the scenes um I mean so the the idea we can
0: we can you can do it and then we'll just tell the okay y'all like this will be a spoiler and like obviously we're not breaking any embargoes because it's already out so like just for the sake because like I want to hear it
2: (laughs) (laughs) so there's a. will be as vague as possible because you already know but like there's a this scene is one in which Two characters are fighting and there's flashbacks happening and we're not really sure whose flashback it is, right? That's one of the things that was really important um, that will kind of make sense later. Seed things, always seed things, all right? You don't want to tell people everything up front that's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see in the main fight, both of them are very capable, um, but clearly one of them is better. And then in the flashbacks, you see that they have maybe met before and at, when they first met one of them could not fight and the other gave this person skills that they would later go on to use, right? And so the idea was kind of like, even though they don't remember each other in that way, um, Mm -hmm. what we do with other people, even if they're only in our lives for a very short time has ripple effect, right? It it changes everything. And so that was kind of one of the things that we wanted to do with this scene besides indicating that perhaps they know each other already but like the things that you you know the things that you teach someone that may not mean as much to you because you know so much more could could change their life forever um so I don't know man like it's just one of those things where it's like yeah this is a funny book right like it's a bunch of panels and you know there's art whatever but like one of the things that Steph and I and and Alifa and everyone involved really wanted to do is like look we're very very hopeful that there will be some other iteration of this you know in the future if not right away but like if we're gonna do it then we should give as much as we can we're gonna try and not waste a Mm -hmm. a single page we want to pack it with as much as we can in a way that allows you to just read it through very surface and just enjoy the plot but then when you go back and read it again you'll have a deeper experience because you know we care that much (laughs) yeah yeah no, didn't.
1: as opposed to what people think on twitter we <laughs> no I, I think it's great especially <laughs> for a story like this because like we've talked previously about this about um how the story so much of the story is about the female um relationships it's about friendships it's about the different types of relationships that women can have in each other's lives and with these two characters it shows that when especially for women like it, it kind of made me think you know like sometimes if when you go to like a, a bar or even like using your own example when you when you were at sdcc and you were in the you, you like all everyone is hiding out in the bathroom because you can't deal with all the all the male humanity outside so you go into oh the God. to the bathroom and it's like a respite and like that's how you form connections in the most unlikely places and like when we and then when we go into play like especially people from minorities and from marginalized communities like we communicate black people yes. you, know, we communicate, room, like- you know you know you you got you know like black people we do like the head nod and we do like that internal checkup and say mm-hmm. I see me and that their relationship is kind of like that. It's like one of those moments where it may have been brief, but like the fact that this person showed this other one how to how to defend themselves that leaves an impact and it shows that this is a sisterhood. This is a connection between two black people who were stand who were there for each other when they when they needed it. And that's some there's something like to me is intrinsic. I'm gonna use blackness as an example because these two these two characters right. are black, and like this is there's something intrinsic in like the, in black people, I think, in our souls where we're like, I'm going to be here for you if you need me, and like that's something that I can carry on using this example in, into like lifetimes, like you know, that's like the
2: goal, right? I'm like I feel like you you it's our thesis statement, right? Like, and it's also like Steph and I talk about this all the time, but it's kind of what <laughs> what we want to do in the industry, right? Like you want to pull in as many people as you can. And this yes. is not like a nepotism thing. It's a like, look, we don't get these opportunities very often. So I'm gonna show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like we're not in competition here. We're, yeah. we're fighting together right. against something. Um, and technically on this page, right? Like they're fighting each other, but it's not a blood sport. It's not that kind of thing. It's, it's a friendly contest between mm-hmm. sisters, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It means something different. And, and to your point, and this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, after the scene, uh, Nubia says to Andromeda, like, I think you have what it takes to, to do what I used to do, which is incredibly difficult. Right. And yeah. so that idea of, to me, Nubia is just a lion. Like, that's who she is in my head. Yeah. This lioness, uh, yes. you know, testing, testing this other and, and being like, I, yes, you are not just part of my tribe, but also I think that you are a protector. And so yes. you should you should go for this. Um that was kind of also in there. And again, uh, sorry about the spoiler,
0: but um, oh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> like you said, you've listened to the show. We we do spoilers. I I'm, honestly I try to be nice, but I feel like by the time me and Carolyn discuss volume three, I'm just gonna be like, listen, it's your own <laughs> fault.
2: you should know us by now (laughs) right so that one one starts really funny if it's the one i'm thinking of i don't know anymore because we write these things so far in advance and Mm -hmm. whatever but there's one that starts with like a like a gag and i was dying i was like Yes. yes stephanie Yes, it, you, you felt comfortable. Good. You put that joke in. Like, that's what I love. <laughs> but, yeah, no,
0: I can't wait. Knowing <laughs> stuff, I'm just like, you know, am I going to drink coffee while I read it? No, because <laughs> too many mornings have I looked on Twitter and there she is.
1: Oh, just causing trouble. She's
2: <laughs>
1: I, <write> my, night, <laughs> I my night meme and go down. <laughs> I, mean, I swear to God, it's one of my <sighs> favorite things on earth. Like, I love that. Let me Let me
2: not sing it. Let me- <laughs> <laughs> she she cracks me up so much. She's legitimately like a scholar of of the medium of, mm-hmm. of media in general, but of comics specifically. I think yeah. that she is incredibly not just well read but well analyzing. Like she's her brain just that's what she does. But she's so quick. She's so fucking quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like her, just- she's processing at a speed that no one else that I know processes. She's like got it. Boom boom
0: boom. <laughs> yep.
2: And it's just so like i i say that she didn't need me and i mean it the what i brought to the table was an understanding of the nitty-gritty of like pacing for an issue and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that you just learn. you just learn it on the job right mm-hmm. i was just like uh, i would like to make it easier for you because people will not be kind
0: to you yeah. uh,
2: the editors are great that's not what i mean and y'all know mm-hmm. that's not what i mean
0: yes yes no we <laughs> um, definitely know what you mean
2: but steph is is it's like she worked hard for this. So I don't want to diminish that, right? Like she she studies these things and she engages with the media, you know, on a personal level as well as an academic level. But like, it seemed like she just came fully formed. She just just burst out of the universe and was like, here I am. Uh, yeah. I'm incredibly intelligent, funny as hell, like incredibly insightful, like sorry for everybody else. But you're right. And <laughs> no, I just I- feel so blessed to be like, be able to A, be her friend, but B, like to be able to work with someone like that only mm-hmm. makes you better like i feel mm-hmm. so sharpened every time we, we speak i'm like oh i gotta I, that's it like you've you've cut away all of the nonsense in me and i feel like a like a better a better writer so yeah no, I, i'm thrilled for her
1: i agree completely because mm-hmm. just reading like we talked about it earlier about the difference in language structure from um issue two to issue one and that does show like there's so much attention to detail in the speech like for me like because i'm so accustomed to read to watching like um war films and like documentaries that uh, you can I recognize the fact that she's someone who pays attention to detailing how like um generals speak to their subordinates versus how yes. a sister speak to a sister or even um right. like the language is very Shakespearean which as we yes, know is yes. something typical for like these kind of like a Greek tragedy so right. like the language is structured especially when she's talking to the um to the goddesses like that the, yeah. That, that is very that panel is very interesting to me because just the speech pattern that um that Nubia has with them is different the, to the speech pattern in the rest That's of the issue yeah. and it shows that like there's an intelligence in the writing style and an attention to detail in the writing because like she knows instinctively like Nubia may be a general she's the queen of all of these Amazons but she's speaking to literal goddesses and she right. has to understand that she's not gonna she's gonna be deferent and she's gonna be unsure and insecure but then it also shows that, again, that like we talked about, like, these women are so complex. All these women are so multifaceted. It shows that
2: mm-hmm.
1: even Nubia as a queen, she's insecure in her own position yes. in certain aspects, but she's able to instill confidence into other women who are who themselves are unsure, or who may not even realize that they're unsure. She reads their body language. Because I love that like, you guys were talking about the, the fight scene. And I love that fight scene because it's a dialogue between them. And it's a dialogue in, in two different ways. It's a dialogue in the memory like It's triggering memories. But then it's also a dialogue in like how Nubia is reading the body language of the person she's fighting. She's like, I can see the way you're fighting tells me so much about you as a person. And like me being an action junkie, I love (laughs) that kind of shit because I'm like, yes, you can tell so much about someone by the way they fight. I'm not a fighter because I physically I'm weak, but (laughs) still, I pay attention to these things and I I, I watch like things where like people like fight choreographers and stuff and they do tell you that like like you can say, you can tell so much about a person in their fight style. And like, like that paid that there's so much attention to detail in, in that in, in this panel that you guys were talking about like that's so interesting to me and this is something I wanted to ask you because me being the nerd I am I'm like I saw this the, the it's the pose that's done and I would I'm like please tell me that this is by this is Malaysian Picasso because that's exactly what the pose looks like and I, I wanted know. to ask you that.
2: I don't think that we, well, actually, I would have to go back to the script because we do put a lot of reference stuff in there, a lot of hyperlinks, God bless Aletha. Um, But Aletha is also a very big fan of that kind of stuff. And she Mm -hmm. brings a lot of that to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, I love, I don't know how much she wants it and how much she doesn't. (laughs) I've asked her and she said that it's fine. But I love uh, when working with someone like Aletha, who not only has a ton of experience, she's been in the industry for over 20 years, right? Um, But also clearly loves things that involve action and, and intrigue and that kind of stuff, I love opening up and just being like, okay, here's the vibe, right? Here's some visual things that we were thinking, here's the tone, here's the meaning behind this stuff. I'm not gonna block it out for you because I want you to do what you do. Um, I, I tend to, I don't do that with everyone, but I tend to, to do that more with people who I, like artists and collaborators who I know, like you, you're gonna take it out of the park. Um, I would have to go in, and specifically look that up i and i say that because i was i've been writing um, uh, another amazon thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> writing shorts uh that go in the back of the wonder woman book right now uh with the Bonna McDoll. Mm-hmm. i'm so obsessed with them <laughs> i love them so much they're so Aww. gnarly um but one of the things that like we wanted to do as an office is really distinguish between the amazon tribes so we have the three tribes right we have the escazita who are the brazilian amazons and that's joelle's thing and she's incredible god the amount of research the amount of research that everyone does for this people have no idea i can only imagine <laughs> no honestly, idea um I can only imagine it's insane uh that's you know what i mean um right. but it's it's like for researching for this story uh just the basics of the story i think stuff read like six or seven like just books just like full books, right? Including fiction, not just like nonfiction, right? She really, yeah. um, but anyway, sorry, ADHD. I'm all that. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> um, good. I was going to say, uh, so I've been writing a lot of the Bonham McDowell stuff lately, and I do a lot of that there too. I'm working with one of my favorite collaborators of all time, Skylar Patridge. Absolutely mm-hmm. love Skylar. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to do as an office is really push that they're very different groups of people, even though they are all Amazons. Yes. So like I said, the Brazilian Amazons have the, their own weapons, the way that they fight, their own symbols, right? Their own gods. Um, and the thymoscarins are, we have the most experience with them. So we understand them the best. So they're very Greek based and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the Bonamacdal traditionally have like had like, a, like Egyptian influence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, if we're going to do that, then we should like don't disrespect that like don't just mm-hmm. be like slap on like a you know like this thing and then call it a day uh, you know so one of the things that i was like we really should think about is that they tend to do a lot more open battle field fighting as well as mm-hmm. close fighting because they're actually in man's world and their whole thing is that they do and and brawl um and so for that i did a lot of research about like Egyptian and Arab fighting techniques and like yeah. all this kind of stuff. And so I don't, I literally don't remember what we put where because we're we're all um, we're all like talking to. We have like a you know like a like a Slack. Yeah. yeah. Each mm-hmm. other all the time. Um, I I bullied everyone into getting onto a Slack. <laughs> slack in so long. Um, it's just like I was like, hey, we're running an office, and we all give each other ideas all the time. We meet every other week because. Yeah if you're going to run an office and you are all interconnected, you should be talking. Um, and so we drop stuff in there all the time. So I'm always like, Oh, did I, did I do that? Or did someone else do that? Like what's going on? Um, but yeah, I, I would say that like there's a good chance that stuff probably dropped in some very specific stuff, but if, if not Aletha is, brings a lot of that to the table. She's also incredibly well-researched and she really likes to, um, to understand people through like like we've discussed their hair and their clothing but also their body language and, and 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 how they they interact with people physically um i don't know if you've read any of aletha's original stuff it's great i you feel, that, feel yeah.
1: like 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 really like um, like Nisha's the comic manga person i am like i used to read comics but like not often back home in barbados and, and i say not often because like comics were expensive back yeah, then fair. And I and I only <clears throat> the only comments I got were like if someone gave them to me. So like one of the original first edition comments I ever had was the Phoenix um saga. Oh wow! And the That's Dark Knight so cool. saga. Someone gifted that to me. My mom threw it away, and I'm still oh! pissed about that. Because oh! that would be worth money now.
0: <laughs> and like I haven't
1: read comics like in years since then. So like this this um this comic is like oh, welcome back that I'm really getting into.
2: That's awesome. That that means. <laughs> That means a lot uh I always wish that everyone would read as much as their hearts desire um the time yeah. is tight right like there's there's so little time and so much not just things to experience but just life to live right mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. really it means a lot that you've decided to spend time and, and money and energy on on this book yeah um, it's this and also dark blood I've read issue
1: one issue to a dark blood by Latoya Morgan so like me yeah. like I I want to start. If I'm gonna start reviewing comics, I want to do review comics by women, um, black uh, women, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? are people of color because I'm just like white people. Like we got all these all these people talking about white comics already. Like <laughs> indie, like dark blood, or like or like comics like Nubia, and like, we we want to start a book a book corner kind of thing. And like one of the first That's ones I want to, to do is a book called Iron Widow. And I love that oh, book.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like Pacific Rim meets... Uh, oh, Pacific Rim meets um, Chinese epic fantasy drama. Yes. So yes, I sure. read that That's book in a day.
0: It was so You've been good. holding out on me. Wow. A you whole... know I love giant monsters. I told you about this. What are you talking about? we this. Hey, where's... I have the book... No I, me, I, I probably li- wrote it down on my reading list, and I don't forgot. I know, I know she did. My TBR
2: is in, like, I know she did out of control, like I, well, I have stacks of books to read okay. behind my computer. Well, she see. goes hunting. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: okay, yes,, yeah, yeah. yes, I remember now, sorry, I need to see covers and names. I, sure. I'm that person' There's so much. There is so much. Like it's the way that like when I, like like when we're talking about comics, like it's the way that I've read so much manga in comics. Like just, I'm more manga focused that's like because I've always found them like easier for me to stay focused and read because like ooh all the volumes are in one thing right. but like you know I I have always loved to read you know about superheroes and it's just one of those things where I'm like I read so much I just need to see the covers and I remind myself I'm like oh yeah I did read that one and then I read that one because it's just like yeah no of Elisa's work i like I reminded myself like I did read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur I did read that oh wait that's she's her so
2: she's done so much um like, it was I know Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur
0: 2018 2019 I don't remember which specific issues but I know like I remember like I yeah yeah. I know I know that she's been involved with like that property and it's just like there's like it's one of them things I'm like I just need a person's name and their catalog next to them and I'll be like I have read all your stuff
2: what if we had an IMDB but for like other kinds of creators
0: (laughs) yes right right that isn't a wikipedia page you know (laughs) and you have to like just keep scrolling because then you know i'm a like once i go on a wikipedia page and i go down a rabbit hole and you go to one (laughs) link and then somehow i started off on the greek tragedies and then i end up in my (laughs) hero academia because you find out that plus ultra is related to hercules oh my god that makes so much sense it is like i dropped that on somebody recently and they're just like what i'm like yeah it's in latin it's a latin term like plus ultra means to go beyond Mm -hmm. and that is from the labors of hercules
2: You've opened comics. my third eye.
0: Comics, superheroes,
2: and I love that. That's
1: dang. <sighs> <laughs> but you see this is why comics are more than, are more than just entertainment. Because like people put so much thought into like not only comics that like, we talk about manga mm-hmm. and and cartoons and like you know like I always like try to tell people like these things like I think sometimes that's probably why I get so frustrated when things aren't done like the way they should be because i'm just like the people put so much work into this like especially when it comes to the studios i'm just like like we were talking i was talking about this on twitter before we before we started recording i'm just like my problem isn't the creators my problem is the studios because the studios hamper people so much like let them tell the story the way it's meant to be told or just you know like talking about train busan just like leave the original the way it is just leave it
2: just leave it yeah we don't need to you know do a shot for shot that's, that's
0: also fine. an option that's also fine like, that's, that's I, I also... create
2: original stories like newbie and the amazons like go create the things
1: for the, the stories that are waiting there to be told because like the world is too big to keep focusing on the same things or the same characters like we how many stories about batman and superman are we gonna
2: get we know that batman is a, traumatized- I'm writing a batman thing
0: <laughs> huh? i mean it's i'm gonna read yours <laughs>
2: No, no but you know it's, what? it's also too it's also too I, I mean i think you're right i agree i i talk about this all the time so i won't go off on it but like i think that one of the things truly that has has kind of like held back is the wrong word because comics are bigger than ever and that's mm-hmm. not fair. and there are amazing comics to be written but like one of the things that has really kept us from growing in terms of the types of stories that we tell is that we we don't let those characters go right Uh, somebody online was like why don't they let you know like they were complaining about the (laughs) the mutants like their ages and like but this person was this and this and I was like yeah okay but like I get it and I don't disagree but if they age then they have to go like eventually they'll die which is okay with me but like that means that you won't have spider-man and iron man the originals right you won't have Peter and, 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 and Tony and even Storm, right? Like eventually mm-hmm. she will have to die. And I think that it is a healthy thing to, to continue on and, and move on with the stories. Um, yeah. But it's a trade-off, right? Like you, yeah. keep, like, I love like watch, watching these movies and reading these books about these characters. Um, but I also love like when they move on and they have you know, new people. Like when Dick Grayson became Batman, like, I'm not saying that that was like the best move they ever made. I thought it was great though, because I was like, so that's a different Batman. That's a t- totally different dude. Right.
0: Like, different issues and different problems. And-, and and his,
2: his dynamic with, with Robin, right. It was Damien at the time. So they switched, right. Like you have this like curmudgeon Robin and this like really like kind of like rakish, like, you know, suave mm-hmm. Batman and like, oh, that's cool. Right. That's interesting. You let you let that character grow you let them mm. become um but it, yeah it's i yeah. we should yeah. we should just let things happen and take their course cuz there's always you can
1: always or sometimes they grow the wrong things like like you heard like you were talking about about um, Batman, Batman and Robin. and it just made me think of um star wars where how they've only developed certain stories in the star wars franchise and i'm like you have the books by claudia gray right there that could have been developed and should have been developed. But now that Leia is gone, we can't, like, I can't picture. do get me
2: started. Her. Don't get me started. I was yeah. a huge, like, expanded universe fan. And, uh, like, I'm a Mara Jade stan forever and just, like, everything. But at the same time, I look at it and I'm like, okay. But, like, when I went and watched Force Awakens in theaters, mm-hmm. I felt like I did the first time I watched Star Wars, except it felt, I saw myself, right? Like for the first time Mm -hmm. front and center pieces of myself, right? Like, right. And it was, I think that was really good. Um, And I, would I have made every decision, right? That was made there. No, of course not. I'm my own person. I don't make movies. I don't know what the hell that's like. (laughs) I don't, I don't get to, I don't get to talk about that. But like the idea that like you can take the universe and, and give it to the next generation is so good. Like That was the strength for me. Like, I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, you've, the fact that now you have, you know, you have the archetypical characters and Mm -hmm. they're completely different. That changes everything about the story. That makes it fresh, even though it's the same universe, it's the same ships, like, whatever, Mm -hmm. like.
0: Which is a great, like, Star Wars Visions is a great example of that. Like that was a, that is a shining example of like, this is how we can like tell new stories in this vast universe. And it doesn't have to be, you can still have the Jedi. You can still have the Sith. You can still have all these things and all this framework that has been built up from like those films. And like, that does not have to go away. But there are literally millions of stories that could be told from different perspectives and it can give like breathe new life, into you know and in, 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 into a franchise and it's just it's like the opportunities there but like you're like you said like sometimes there's a trade-off you're not gonna see you're not coming here to see like obi-wan and star wars right. visions you're you're coming here to see this new story that like of, of this young jedi who's facing this new challenge or like you know and who, it'll
2: work or maybe no it works. <laughs> every time right like look at it the, works like, i'm so basic but look at the mandalorian we didn't know who that was before that came on like yes we recognize similar trappings but like that's not the same person and look how popular that is and i think about that too uh shout out again to daniel zayolder right like he introduced a jedi character that's non-binary it's not a big deal right Mm -hmm. it's just like this person is like this and there's a bunch of story stuff around them right like or there will be i'm writing it was announced that i'm co-writing an issue with him um that has that character in
0: it love Um, to see it love to see it like
2: uh when i tell you that daniel is the best (laughs) i do not but like yeah like there's so much room and and that's why i really like playing in sandboxes like marvel and dc because like i i love the opportunity to write batman Mm -hmm. we'll never turn down batman but like the idea of writing like the thing that i always say when people ask me what i want to write i'm like renee montoya just a small story i want Mm -hmm. want to tell a story about this little corner of this world right Mm -hmm. like what is it like for the people that are there? Mm. And That'd be the good. gods are flying around, right? I love, right.
1: and you oh, know, God. and there was a show called um, a few years ago. I probably like six, seven years, because as we said before, time is a flat circle. But I think it was it called um, superheroes or something. But it was basically about Hero. the lives. Of, it was right? superheroes. It was about the lives of the people that were affected by the ashes of superheroes. That like, you know, a car crash. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is my car. And we we're getting the perspective of the person whose car got crashed if Superman dropped an anvil on it. And I, I love the concept of that show because that's something that we wonder about. you be like, all this death and mayhem. What about the people in that are left in the way? Like the shows about that. And I'm like, I wish we had more stories in films like that because we got all of these superhero yes. shows all these superhero films but we never actually get to see the lives of the people that they are saving like right. tell me about the people that they're supposed to be saving don't tell me only about the superheroes tell me about that universe and 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 so kind and they kind of started doing that with falcon and the winter soldier but then it just kind of like took a hard left and i'm like well wait yeah it up you know, I still
0: got, I got, at least I still got Harley Quinn. I mean, like it is, it isn't that perfectly, but like, you know, I, I appreciate the slice of life of seeing Harley and Ivy just chilling in her apartment. And then you'd be like, Oh, what's that nonsense over there?
2: I will no. say too, like, sometimes the movies do get that right. Right. Like one of my favorite universe, like superhero universe movies is birds of prey. Cause it's just like, listen, we're we're a street level like let's see and that's another one that had incredible fight choreography everyone fought differently every single person like Mm i I watched those fights and i'm like harley fights like an acrobat because she's an acrobat and black canary fights like foxy brown yes (laughs) he's like a black exploitation character and renee montoya just fights like rosie perez i assume they just let her go
0: like this little boxer just like i don't know i was
2: like i love her so much but uh, like yeah that's what I want to see more of let's do that let's campaign for for more like ground level stuff I'm that's my jam though like I always I love the idea of bombastic iconic stuff but I'm like yeah but like what is it when the stakes are like like this big right mm-hmm. like human stakes again that's why mm-hmm. I like Birds of Prey because I'm like it's a kid's life bring it a down single girl
0: child yeah because yeah. i think the boys were they gave a little bit of that like amazon primes the boys gave some of that but it still went very focused on the heroes lives and it was like a corporate take on like what if superheroes were like corporate I'm which like, is like cool they, right like, which is cool, cool but also then you my see your academia
2: right like
0: right <laughs> true true the connections there but then it's like you know we we got to see like yeah the after effects of like if a superhero accidentally kills an innocent person and what does that look like for the person who like the person that lost their (laughs) loved one and it's just like oh that's that's heavy and that's deep and then it just kind of just kept going on to like focusing on the supers which again like we know the premise of it all but i think i think that's something that more people as we see it more like that's something we want to see in storytelling when it comes to like this john gen- these different genres and i don't know i like i'm, I'm, I'm manifesting it for us for all, for everything like i said <laughs> i'm manifesting that, that newbie and the amazons gets picked up for hbo max specifically you and steph y'all team y'all just like y'all go ahead and y'all do it and i'm just oh, like
2: Steph needs to be on on so many projects like
0: oh yeah absolutely um, but-
2: you know what? you're you, you, to...
1: you talking about the comment, but thinking about it, the comment actually does kind of do that already because like it's not only about Nubia, it's not only about mm-hmm. her the, the people in her immediate vicinity who are her council, it's about the new people who are that is right. that expanded world because yeah. we're yeah. getting to see how they're adapting to this, um to this to this new world, to this new universe. And and I and like that's where I think you got you guys are doing such an amazing job with this story because like even in by issue two, we can already tell that you are paying attention to everyone, like everyone is mm-hmm. getting a storyline. Everyone is named. All of the characters yes, are. Named. That was no important is, to us. No one is just like mm-hmm. oh, just like this random person walking down the street. Like everyone is known. Everyone is named. We we get some idea about their personality, about who they are as a, as a character. And I and then think about. I think that's also one of the reasons that we're talking about um about bringing story, story levels down to the to to the to the base like to the to the regular people i think that's also why i love asian content so much because asian dramas and films do that so well like when you have an action film like you know that's who the right. hero is but they kind of let you know who the people around them are like right. you get to know who the store owner is you get to know yeah. who like oh this person was their teacher like 10 years ago they walk you know that like you get to know the people on the street and i think that's that like, like think about it, i think that's one of the reasons why i am drawn to like asian cinema because they pay so much attention to the to the, the lives of these player. characters
2: mm? the community right like it feels yeah. much more like rich as an experience yeah
1: and and then you buy into it because there's characters that you recognize because you're a regular person you're not the hero you're not the kick-ass um, villain or whoever so you're the person that they would be in the convenience store you're the person that they meet crossing the street so that you're able to relate to them more so like yeah American t- <laughs> this is a whole <laughs> This is a whole. Other when I stuff. come back,
2: we'll 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 go off. We'll go that,
1: into yeah. that for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Come absolutely. Back talk about that. But I think you and I think you and your team are doing such a fantastic job of actually achieving yes, that. You're in the in the comic, and like we I, like for instance, we get to know who the person guarding the the. I keep wanting to call it the. It's not the well of souls. I keep. Doorway. Dooms doorway. Dooms doorway. See, my brain is turning the words around. But yeah, dooms doorway. Like we get to know who these um, who the people guarding dooms doorway are. They're not just like foot soldiers that are nameless. Oh, yeah. You
0: know, it's not just you know? a champion that exactly. is elected. It's somebody that carries this great responsibility. Exactly. And, this weight, and it's like there's so much more that comes with it. And sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you're, no, you're <laughs> right.
1: Because they, they're not like the red shirts of Star Trek, who are just like you know. If you see somebody in a red shirt in Star Trek, you're like, well, you are not long for this world. <laughs> right. So, like, no one like that in the comments. Like, we, you, like, we're that I, anything I that helps us to invest in the story more. Because like, if something does happen, like we know there's something very bad coming. Like if sadly if one of the characters dies, that like, you're gonna feel, you're gonna feel their <laughs> death because like they've, they, that like, you've made us get to know them
2: we want, we wanted them to feel like real people. Um, It's really important, right? It's called Nubia and the Amazons (laughs) (laughs) for a reason. And I feel like one of the things that sometimes gets lost when we do high level, you know, like big bombastic stories is, you know, I don't want to say like ordinary people, but more like the fact that every face you see on a page has a story behind it. Right. And like, you don't have the room in like, a big conceptual story to go granular like that. But when you have a story that is concentrated in one place like this, for the most part, um, you're able to go, hey, like, remember, they're Mm. all people. (laughs) Here's why they matter. Um, And it's also like, I think it makes, I think, how do I say this without being dismissive? Because I hate, you know, I'm not questioning other people's choices here for me. I think it cheapens things to not give as much to each character as you can. So, mm-hmm. like, this is mm-hmm. a Nubia centered book, and that is very clear when you read that book. But all of the characters on the page are important as well. And, like, I don't like cheap death. So, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. like, no one will be slaughtered to further someone else's story or anything. Like right. That. Like, that That is very cheap to me. Um, and I yeah. avoid it when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, cheap to me specifically, if someone else chooses to do that, they have their reasons and they can make it work. Um, but like, because, uh, because the stakes are kind of, (laughs) they will become higher and higher. Right. Um, we still want to show the impact on all of the people. Um, and I feel like when the stakes are like the universe is ending, you're like, conceptually, I guess that's bad. I can't wrap my head around that um so you want to make sure that like you can connect each person um to the stakes if that makes sense um again mm-hmm. I'll babble forever I apologize I'm no. tired
0: <laughs> <laughs> no it's been great having you on and like I just I appreciate that you taking the time to talk to talk with us about this comic because like it and like everything you've had to say about it because it's it just shows how much work and love and effort that you and your team is like poured into it so I appreciate it all um thank you for
2: having me I I feel really honored to be on the show like I really love you know what y'all do in general and then also your online presence and you know uh thank you for letting me ramble
0: (laughs) for an hour that's what we do here no that's what we do here but um I I mean you've already kind of answered I feel like you kind of answered my like closing question I wanted to ask but I'll still ask it in case like you had anything else to add to it but just like if there was anything you you feel you want like, the audience to walk away with after like reading Nubia and the Amazons, what would that be?
2: Um, yeah, I kind of answered it, but I guess to, to, to sum it up, um, I think that what's important about Nubia and the Amazons is twofold. It's to show this journey of this woman who literally before this, her entire purpose was to be locked away underground guarding a door right she the only Mm -hmm. time she left is to chase something down that made it through the door and then she would return there what like what is it for this person who was dedicating her entire life to this duty willingly right is her you know Mm -hmm. she chose to do it um when she's asked to then lead her people what does that mean Mm
0: -hmm. um
2: she was not born to be queen right um she just she like you said she's a general she's a soldier like she's you know, she's a champion. Um, and so her leading, her people is so different. Now she has to send other people to do things, including this very difficult thing that she she knows how truly challenging it is to stand at that door and to mm-hmm. send someone else there, right? Like that's that's heavy. So we wanted to explore what it meant to, you know, be a part of a community, but ask people to do things that, you know, are going to be painful things that you've done yourself. Um, And also, uh, I want you to take away from it that, like, this island is made up of an incredible variety of people, right? Like, this is Mm -hmm. a community that we wanted to really reflect the real world, Mm -hmm. right? So there are all kinds of women on this island. And I'm not just talking about, like, the fact that there's a trans Amazon. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. like, you have, like you said, like, you have the soldiers and you have the scholars and you have all these women, but this, this. Paradise Island doesn't work without all of them. So they're Mm. all all important. Um, It's like the Sailor Moon thing where it's like, look at all these very different girls and they come together to form this group that is unstoppable. And so like, that's that's something we wanted to take away. It's like, if you see yourself reflected in this book, it doesn't matter which character it is, you are vitally important, (laughs) Mm. you are needed. This does not, any of this doesn't work without you. So that's Mm. something we really want people to take away from it as well.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Um, I guess with that, if you don't mind letting the people know where they can find you, if you want to be found, followed, or any other work you (laughs) want to tell them about, um, just feel free to share that.
2: Uh, I am on Twitter too much, uh, at Definitely Vita. (laughs) I also have a website, DefinitelyVita.com. Uh, I'm consistent. (laughs) Um, if you are enjoying, gotta do it, gotta do it. Mm -hmm. I have to remember it. That's really what it's for. Uh, (laughs) Uh, if you'd like to check out my creator-owned work, I wrote a book for Black Mass Studios called The Wilds. It is a post-apocalyptic zombie book in which the zombies are beautiful, right? the flowers bloom from them and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's really pretty. Uh, Emily Pearson uh, is an incredible artist, and I was very lucky to work with her. Um, if you want to check out uh, another creator-owned book, I wrote a book called Submerged for Volt Comics. That is a brown queer contemporary retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth but it takes place in the New York City subway because that's actually hell if you've ever been there <laughs> that's the kind of stuff yes. I write been there. I also write superhero stuff so if you like mutants I write new mutants if you like vampires I wrote a Morbius book so I don't know I, I just write a bunch of stuff
0: <laughs> next we will be sure to link all the things in um, in the show post and in the notes for people um also with that y'all know y'all can find me also on Twitter where I well I don't spend that much time because grad school saps all my energy lately but um getting that degree whoo well <laughs> yeah no y'all can find me at Nisha plays <laughs> I love Carolyn's little fist Got the encouragement I, I'm gonna get this MBA and okay, I'll we, do great things but thank you, you. <laughs> i appreciate it but yeah y'all can find me on um twitter and instagram at nisha plays i have a few um cosplay things coming up because that gives me joy and that's a fun way to decompress so you know keep an eye out i might be doing a I, i'm calling them cookie cosplays y'all will see what that looks like soon <laughs> all right <Yay.
1: laughs> and, and you can find me on twitter and instagram at carrie cnh12 that's c-a-r-r-e cnh 12 thats one two follow my half-size jobs with carrie on saturday night Sci Fi. Um, you can find both mine and Nisha's writing on butwhythepodcast.com as well as on other streaming um streaming platforms, as as I well as other <laughs> <laughs> you can find my R3 page linked in my um Twitter profile. Um and our and if you are new to but um so here's what happened, you can find our other episodes on butwhythepodcast.com as well as our reviews of Nisha does reviews of mangas, comics, and um, and And animated shows, I do mostly action films, Asian dramas, and that kind of stuff. So, like, we are all, we are very prolific writers. So, you can check out our work there and on other sites. And, again, thank you so much to Vita for talking with us. This has been amazing. We will definitely have you back to talk yes. about what's wrong with hollywood but no not really <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. but no we could we do could, that could
0: be the title i'm not mad <laughs> oh, what's wrong with the industries what's wrong sorry. what's wrong with hollywood
1: and oh oh what's wrong with hollywood and hollywood um comic adaptations why can't they get it right
0: Honestly, like, whatever you want to talk to about bad. you're welcome back we'll anytime.
1: throw in we'll, we'll throw in some things that they, that they did yes for sure for sure <laughs> Yeah, this yes, has been yes, amazing so it's been great so much to talk to um uh, to vita remember pick up issue two of um what's it called oh, on my brain just went completely blank Nubia and the Amazon <laughs> this, this is my brain this is my brain Nubia and the Amazon's on dccomics.com as well as Comixology they have they carry their um carry their own digital if you can if there's a comic book store that you can get to support your local comic book stores and your local comic book artists thank you so much everyone for another episode So Here's What Happened please stay safe